0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au.
1: Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here again for another great session of my story. You know, uh, the people here at Metro Church have been so thoroughly blessed and so interesting in so many of their lives that really we want to be able to give you an insight to inspire and to encourage you in your walk with God by seeing what God is doing in the lives of other people. And of course, the couple that I'm with today really need no introduction to so many of us. Lots of you will have heard Peter, Peter Gom, uh, one of the leading finance brokers in the entire country of Australia, and God has used him so powerfully. Some of the great sessions that we had, I think last year, were some of the most well-received on finance and. Right at the end of this session, I'll tell you about the next ones of those and how you can be involved and get your questions answered if you'd like that. But perhaps less of you will publicly know his beautiful wife, Lynette, who's just an absolute saint of God. And uh, I'm real excited about this session together where I think God is going to inspire so many of you to think through about maybe some of the areas of your life that you have written off or maybe thought you know what, how could God ever use that? You'll find in this, my story, that God is able to take even some of the parts of our life that are less pleasant, that we don't look back and go, I'm really glad about that. But God's able to take those things and to use them in a powerful way. At the very end, I'm going to ask Lynette uh, to share with us and to pray for all of you, particularly for those of you who go, you know what, there was that thing in my life that happened when I was a child. There was that thing as a young adult. There was that time in my relationship that I look back and go, I wish that hadn't happened. Stay with us. I believe God's going to do something powerful in so many of your lives. In Jesus' name. Let me just start by saying big welcome to you both. And thank you for inviting us into your backyard, because that's where we are, uh, to be able to share some of this story here. Let me jump right in here with the wedding, because... This is probably, I think was the first time we'd ever done it. You, Lynette, came, did you come to me and go, you know, this fabulous guy, Pete, we'll come back to that story in a minute of how you met, but you said, we're getting married and for some reason you wanted to get married in church. Is is that right? Is that how that
0: worked? In the morning service. In the morning
1: service. Yes. And so we actually had a full-blown wedding, not a two-minute thing here, but the full Everything part of the service after praise and worship now help me out here were you standing there in your bridal outfit was that a yeah yes and Pete's all dolled up Yes.
2: (laughs) yeah the full full bridal party full wedding full
1: wedding party Mm. in the front row Mm. wow that must have been so amazing it's how long ago is that by the way
2: 28th of January 2001 How's that? How good are you? So 21 years ago, you guys
1: were there in Metro Church and you get married. And um, the one thing I remember about this, and you've reminded me of it, is that you said, Jeff, I really want you to make sure you give an invitation for people to come to Christ. Yes. Um, and so on that day, we did that and people responded. Isn't
2: that right? Yes,
0: quite a few. Eight. Wow. From New Zealand my- and Australia.
2: Wow. Yeah. And we had no input into this, but you actually spoke on the power of commitment. Oh, really? Which was very apt and we've still got to <laughs> record a CD. For- I just wish
1: everybody remembered all my messages as good as that. That's very well done. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back from that because we'll come to that and we'll show a bit of maybe a bit of footage of the wedding oh. uh, uh, shortly. And uh, that'll be pretty special uh, because it was a a lovely day and a great day. And I think we've done it maybe once since as well out of that idea that you Mm -hmm. planted, in us. But uh, you grew up in in Queensland. Adelaide. Oh, in Adelaide. Okay. And, you know, from a fairly early age, your mum was not able to care for you in the way that you all would have wished. There were some major health issues there for her. And so you're the eldest of four, is that right? And your dad was a very active church planter. So going about, and so you moved from place to place, planting churches and with all the messy bits that that can entail. And But there you are as a primary school age girl, having to care for your three younger siblings.
0: What was that like? Busy, two of them were boys and um There was a lot of help offered to us by women in the church. I think a lot of them thought four beautiful children, a handsome man, I would be the perfect wife. (laughs) So we'd have them lining up at night with meals and baskets of ironing they'd done for us and things like that. But day to day, you know, the youngest was two and it was hard. It was hard. Did you
1: feel overwhelmed with it, Lynette, because? No, I
0: I just had to do it. I knew I had to do it. I had to love them, I had to look after them. And uh, as we all grew older, it became easier. So uh, yeah, the only way I could control the boys was to grab them by the ear and twist it. Because (laughs) if I hit them, they'd hit me back. (laughs) You know, when they were really four and five and six. Yeah.
1: It's funny, isn't it, how sometimes we have Parts of our life, and that would certainly, I think, everyone that's a part of this and hearing you say that would go, Wow, I don't know how you did it. Because that would be, I mean, you're that young, you're like 10 or six or eight, you're, you're very young, and we all look and go, How on earth did you manage to do that? You know,
0: um, my father was such a loving, beautiful man. Oh. And the home was full of God, we didn't have television or alcohol or all the what's known as normal now But um, it was just there was a peace there all of the time Mm. and uh, we were very poor and uh, I'll never forget the first Christmas. I was given a gift that was not it was from a shop It was new it wasn't second-hand that he bought from the paper and painted or whatever And He said to all of us, you know our friend uncle ice poor Mate, who lives in the Philippines His children don't get Christmas gifts, and I'm wondering how you feel about choosing one of yours to send away Well, we only had one or two and mine was my first doll So I gave it to uncle ice and it was the best thing I ever did. Oh really I've remembered that all of my life it was yeah, it was the best thing and that taught me to care To love that man crying in front of me thanking me and I was a little girl I just felt how am I impacting this man I didn't even know that word of course how am I impacting this man so much um
1: no I just think I'm, I'm sitting here stunned because I I know that's your life and for you you might feel well that's just the way it was but I go most of the rest of us look at that and go that's incredible that is amazing um you know pete's story is almost the complete opposite really pete isn't it you grew up in good old western australia stayed in the pretty much the same house most of your childhood is that right
2: yeah same same house same primary school same high school same parents very very stable background and i just thought that was the norm until i met lynette then found out i was the (laughs) abnormal one so (laughs) go figure
0: Oh, fun.
2: Uh, so, what was Western Australia like
1: back in those days? As in, the population has so exploded, it's over doubled since I've been here. So, what oh, was, it? Just, was it like a big country town
2: back yeah, then? Yeah, just like a big country town. I mean, you know, a holiday away was, you know, we used to go away in a, a family of five in a um, four berth caravan down to an acacia caravan park at. Busselton. Oh, really? Dunsborough just had the butcher, the baker and maybe a candlestick maker and that was about <laughs> it. That was all that was there of Dunsborough. So that was that was our life and we used to go on Sunday afternoon drives, on long drives out to one time we drove to Wave Rocket Hide, Hyden on a Sunday afternoon. It was too late to come Christ. back so we just all slept in the car and in the main street of Hyden, <laughs> and It was all fogged up and the locals are, and we sort of oh. And another time we found ourselves at Stirling Dam out of Harvey and it was too late to come back so Dad and I um, bunked in the boot and um, it was about, I don't know, it must be about minus three degrees or something outside. My mum and two sisters camped wow. inside the car so we used to have a you know, great family life and Friday night was goody nights. so they had to bring home you know, um, mixed lollies for us or if um, he was running late, he'd come home, grab us, scoop us up and we were in our PJs and um, dressing gowns and go down to Vic and Tony's and spend half an hour, an hour deciding how to spend three cents with the mixed lollies. <laughs> so it was a pretty humble... Simple sort of um, yeah, existence, right. but mum and dad, yeah, you know, loved us unconditionally, and they both, you know, work two or three um, jobs yeah. to, you know, put food on the table and wow. um, get us to school. And yeah, you know, we really, even though it's a simple existence, we didn't want for anything. So, wow. um, yeah, my only real regret, you know, growing up and being sort of successful now and financially independent now, is that, you know mum and dad weren't around long enough for me to um, reward them and try to, mm. in some way, pay them back to say thanks for all your hard work and, and sure love.
1: their reward was watching you grow up, for sure. I know that's the way I feel with mine. But can I ask you about the financial track for your life? Because that's, you know, God has taken it, really. I, I remember when I first met you, you know, there wasn't the strength and wealth that was available there. Mm-hmm. It, what was your first job out of school?
2: Uh joined the Bank in New South Wales. Whoa. Uh, literally a bit like you the other night, when you know, and Christian's deciding what verse of the Bible. <laughs> oh, I had the yellow pages out, and I was doing the same thing. And, and I don't like that one. And ended up being a bank said, so Oh, uh, really? Dad made an appointment to see his bank manager, um, the Bank of New South Wales. And they said, sure, you know, tell him to come in. And, and he might have passed the aptitude test. And they said, as long as your um, ATAR, wasn't called ATAR back then, as long as your ATAR results are good, which they were, then you're in. Yeah, right. So I was a bit miffed about that, because I was looking forward to two months Christmas holidays, and I had to start the week after school finish. <laughs> But yes, I was a bank Johnny for 20 years. And then, and that's how I met Lynette. I was um, the manager of the Sir Charles Gardner hospital branch looking after doctors and medicos, but I was also going out on weekends to home opens to try to get more business. And so I targeted um, a company that had about eight offices up and down the Canning Highway, Sterling Highway strips. And then more particularly, I um, targeted the gun agents in each of those offices. And so Lynette was the gun agent in South Perth. Top gun. Which is how how we met.
1: Did you like real estate, by the way?
0: Loved it, way? loved you, it. What did
2: you like most about
1: it?
0: It was easy. It well, was just matching people with what they wanted to live in.
1: Right.
0: You know, easy. And I helped find homes for a lot of stray dogs. Because really? I'd say to these buyers, you don't have a burglar alarm and the best thing to have is protection as a dog, if you speak to the local police station. So <laughs> I happen to have five in my garden at home in South Perth. And they all need good homes, white homes, why don't you come and have a look? Can I
1: say, I, I've not heard you ever say that before with this, but that just so in, epitomises the Lynette I know who does that with people. And yeah. I don't mean this in any bad way, but the people that are a bit stray in life, yes. you're brilliant with them. Oh. You You find those people that probably don't fit like Peter's background, you know, the happy kind of home, upbringing, whatever, Mm. but you're able to find people. It's great, isn't it, that in the kingdom of God, and that's one of the reasons I love my story, is you start discovering there's no such thing as all Christians looking the same, Mm. same kind of upbringing. You've got you coming from this, what we would now class as an underprivileged or dysfunctional home, but God takes you out from that. And here's this guy from the fairly stereotypical, you know, Aussie home, mum <laughs> mum and dad, you know, in the weatherboard house. And God brings both of you together and multiplies your individual strengths yeah, in a pretty yeah. remarkable way. So,
0: Yeah, he has. Yeah. We're a force together.
1: You certainly are. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> so tell me about that. How did the dating thing how, – how you met through real estate, you told us that. Mm-hmm. So what did the dating process look like? Uh, well – Let me ask you, how did church get into this? Because this was not just, Mm. you know, Peter was, you didn't meet Peter at church.
0: No, he came to a home open Uh that I had in South Perth Hmm. and was trying to tout for business. And I kindly, politely said, I'm sorry, I already have a broker, off you go. (laughs) This is my home open. I'm busy. Can you see all these people looking around? (laughs) Out. I was a bit rough, wasn't I?
2: You were. A bit direct.
0: Bit direct. Anyway, he did persevere, and he would bring me um, chocolates or something to my home opens. He'd look in the paper yes, and see. Oh, I know. That's Elephant like chocolates, yeah. no Do you know those are really big chocolates? Yeah. Well. And he'd follow the home opens and work out where I was going to be. And he'd come around and say, I know you haven't had lunch yet because you've been at home home, home, opens for four hours. So here's a chocolate and he'd give me this big chocolate. And then he started coming, (laughs) collecting all my signs and packing them up for me in my car, which was great. You know, those little A-shaped metal signs. It would take a long time to drive around, pick them up, pack them in the car and get to your next home open, Mm. have them out ready. Because I'd pack in a lot of home opens on Saturdays because I always kept Sundays free. Mm Sorry, I interrupted. No, no,
1: no. You were telling us about then. So you you meet Peter there, but how did you? Because you're you're already at Metro.
0: By yes, then, yes. All right.
1: And how did you get Peter? Or was which way did this work? Did you were the one who influenced Peter, or was Peter just that hungry for God? He's looking.
2: Uh, I had things happening in my life at, at that stage that I had a few a few sort of a uh, confluence of negative things happening in my life, and I knew Lynette was a Christian as a kid. Um, we used to go to Sunday school, the Church of oh. Christ in Nolamara, I was oh. a member of the Boys Brigade there. And so I'd always have sort of Christian leanings, if you like. I don't remember mum and dad actually being Christians per se. Mm. In fact, mum admitted to me at one stage that they just sent us to Sunday school because, you know, so we could have a good upbringing, if you like, and learn wow. good Christian principles mm. without necessarily believing in God, et cetera. Um, anyway, so... Uh, so when I was a Christian, I sort of pricked my ears up, and as I say, things were tough And it said, well, why don't you come to church? And I said, okay. So I didn't really have to think twice. So what, what was your first impression when you came to church? Well, so I came to church in the old building in Godreach Street, and that said, you know, meet me outside the church at, you know, just before nine thirty. So I, okay, so um, and the music had started, and it hadn't quite arrived. And I thought, what the heck is that racket going on in there? <laughs> And then, because um, the Church of Christ was like a library, and that's not a criticism, but it was just, as I say, like church mice. It was as quiet as a church mouse. And um, although, mind you, when and Mr. Anderson and Mr. Nelson, the other two pastors, they could really rev it up. They were, they were really good. But yeah. but it was yeah it was um, it was quiet as. And then I yeah you know, then when Net comes to meet me and we go into the church and I see people with hands here and there and I thought, <laughs> what are they doing? I had no idea. I I'd never seen that never seen that before. That's great. Anyway, so I really enjoyed the music and. Um, enjoyed the um, uh, the message that day. You weren't there. Michael was preaching. Okay. And um, in those days, you went forward if you yep. um, wanted to become a Christian. And I was a bit like I used to do it at sun, uh, Sunday school, with my mates up the back. And so they had the altar call, and I was sort of waxing and waning and, you know, shall I or shan't I? Will I or won't I? And then Lynette obviously sensed that and she sort of just grabbed my hand and said, Do you want me to come up the front with you? And I said, Yeah. So she walked me up the front wow. and, and, um, uh, gave my heart to God that day and I think then from Lynette's point of view, <laughs> <laughs> missing accomplished and <laughs> <laughs> off she went and that was that. I did. So there wasn't a romantic thing? <laughs> had no, 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 no. No, no. No, okay. no.
0: I just knew he needed God because he yeah. wasn't happy with his life.
2: Mm, wow. And I don't want to rain on her parade but other lady agents as well. I used to, I didn't just go to Lynette's <laughs> home opens. I went to a whole heap and all the ladies I used to help with their signs because they're big, heavy metal things. And- really? <laughs> I don't oh, think you should have told us. No, uh, I didn't uh,
0: know uh, that.
2: Well, of course I did. <laughs> all of my opposition. <laughs> no, it might have been, might have been other other lady agents who work with you. You never, just oh, never know. I think I God. need to just move on now and just ask the
1: question. So what about the early part? Because you've grown up in a Christian home, a father who was church planning, you're pretty full of Bible awareness if nothing else. And he's this guy, who has got very little of that. And so how did you help him? You know, tell me about the devotions thing where, you know, he'd ring you up, how'd that go?
0: He'd ring in the morning to say, good morning. And uh, what are you doing? Just trying to say, have a great day. What are you doing? Reading my devotional. Oh, what's that? So I told him and I started reading to him every morning and right. then I'd pray and then he started to pray.
1: Wow.
0: So that was the beginning of him starting his day with God, not yeah. getting into the car and turning on the doof doof, you know the yeah. pump me up to before I get to the office music, which is wow. what I used to do too, years ago so um, and that helped us bond, yeah. and we both liked that, yeah and um, that's why when you prayed for commitment in in our ceremony, it was just the perfect Wow sermon, yeah wow. Yeah. That's so
1: great. So we fast forward and I think we've got some photos here um, or maybe even a bit of video of the actual wedding. And and uh, <laughs> I just think how beautiful it was, and this has happened a couple of times, where people have said to me, but this is my family, my yes. church family. Yeah. You know, for a lot of us in Western Australia particularly, uh, you know, we've come from all over the world. Uh, lots of us, our family's a long way away. And so I think that's one of the best things about church life is that we don't just turn up and be a congregation. We're not just there to wave and do our bit on a Sunday, but there's a genuine care for people. Like there was one of our uh, church members this last week had had COVID and uh, I didn't organise this. I didn't know anything about it. But a couple of our uh, younger people had heard about it rang this guy up and dropped food around to him saying, we know you don't have anybody else to do this for you. And I, when I hear stories like that, I'm always blessed because you know that it's not a top-down organisation of, you know, the church organising this. It's people caring for each other like yeah. families do, mm. yeah. yeah. And uh, so thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a part of that special day, the wedding, and, uh, and to have – Eight people respond to Christ Mm. on that day must be just like it must have been like the best wedding gift you could have got. Absolutely, because you would have had lots of your friends who were not yet Christians come to the wedding because you are saying, "Come to our wedding!" Yes, it's at nine thirty on a Sunday morning. I thought, like, who
2: does that?
0: (laughs) And a couple of them said, "And what time's the reception?" I said. Was it 12, p.m?
2: Yeah, something like that,
0: yeah. So your ceremony, is it a mass? Uh, no, it's <laughs> not a mass. It's going to be like nearly four hours.
1: <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. Or three wow.
0: hours or whatever it was, yeah.
1: I think one of the things that I've loved about you both is the way you've been so humble in, regardless of the season, you know, from when you start your business, because at the beginning of that, that wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. and wasn't like an immediate overnight success. There was, because you'd been a finance broker for another group and mm-hmm. starting out your own, that's, I don't always we'll step back and applaud you for it. Um, so when you've got that kind of uh, stuff happening, but you guys have always not just been givers, you've been servers. Mm-hmm. Um, you run a women's Bible study, a Connect, uh, Women's Connect, which has been fantastic, <laughs> two of them. For years, you were getting bread from one of the local bakeries and delivering it every week to Hope and bringing that stuff in. Pete, you're on the host team. I saw Pete, I think, last week out there with his little air blower <laughs> clearing all the front of the church building from leaves and other detritus in order to uh, make it just beautiful for people that are coming in. You've been on our financial advisory board for many years, and thank you for that. Um but as well as that, you've done stuff in the hospitals as a hospital volunteer as well, Zara. Yes, yes, I'm a
0: volunteer at the Hollywood Hospital, our local hospital, which I love. And although it's been a difficult time with COVID, but yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I love that. I've just met so many wonderful people and been able to talk to them. And um, even during COVID, um, I would go up there and just wander around outside the wards and pray. And wow. Yeah, it's great. You know God's touching people. And, um, and the head volunteer is very grateful to me mm. because she says, you just have that presence. Right. And it's not me, it's God. Oh.
1: I look back at that and that was one of the key things that stood out to me for you was that this upbringing part of your life that seriously will get that sad or that's tragic. And yet the seeds of that have produced a harvest of helping people, gathering people. I just know because I'm, I guess, in that space where I get to observe it and watching you, not just in the formal things where, like a Women's Connect group or both of those, or in those kind of spaces, but in many other ways where you gather around people and you help them. Mm. And I think you could have grown up out of that life angry or upset or bitter or Mm. resentful. Instead of that, you've grown up and God's used what he formed in you as a child to be a phenomenal blessing to hundreds, if not thousands of people.
0: beautiful that he yeah. taught me yeah. through my misfortunes? And look, I had a beautiful life. Really, I did. It was tough. but Everyone has a tough life. But he taught me to to grow with it and understand it. And yes, who would have known that I'm... I'm able to talk to people that have been in similar situations and they open up to me, even at the, volunteering at the hospital. Are uh, some of them I'm shocked,
1: good. though, when they see you because you don't look like someone who's had a tough or, or a challenge?
0: I didn't have a tough life. My mother yeah, adored me. My father did.
1: Yeah.
0: Lots of people did. We always had people around trying to help us.
1: Do you think that's made you, Lynette, a little bit more understanding of people's brokenness yes and therefore out of that humility of saying you know um i know what it's like to feel Mm. pain or Mm. to feel without support that it Mm. makes you more able to help Mm. people who are going through the same stuff
0: absolutely absolutely and you Mm. can sense it in people i can sense it in people often because um i remember being there
1: There's a great verse in Ephesians 3, verse 16, which says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And the thought behind it is that God wants to take the things in our life that have been challenging or uh, painful or difficult, and he wants to use them at some point in the future. And I think about how many people are wasting, not the good parts of their life, but the tough parts of their life. Yeah. Instead of saying to God, because you know, when we come to Christ, we don't say, God, I'll give you the good bits of me. I'll give you my mm. gifts. Mm. I'll give you my strengths. I'll give you all the bits that everyone applauds. We really say to God, as you just said before, I gave my life to God. Mm. So giving mm. my life to God is not, God, I give you all that I'm really good at. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you even the bits of me that I wish hadn't happened like they did. Yeah, And I think that's the powerful thing that you've done and allowed to happen is saying god yeah there were bits of my life you say it wasn't tough or horrible but many others would see it that way and you've given it to god and used it yeah
0: it's great yeah thanks to him yeah yeah
1: Now, know l- let me fast forward a bit here again because uh, we literally again could chat for hours i'm fascinated with this but I know, Peter, you told me that when you got married, there were two things that you both said these are going to be foundation stones, cornerstones, if you like, of our married life. Mm-hmm. One you said was uh, tithing. You said we're committed to putting God first in our finance, which, again, as a, I would have thought, the accountant part of you, <laughs> you know, how do accountants wrestle with tithing, you know, and budgeting? Like, You know what I mean? We usually start with us. When you you know when you're going with the budget you start with us and then god gets the leftovers and tithing's the complete reverse it's saying no god you're number one and everything else comes after that
2: well again i, I as i said before i'm coming to this crazy church with loud music <laughs> people waving their hands all over the joint now they're up 10 percent on income what's going on there <laughs>
0: Minimum, I, saw, I said. Minimum of 10. I, I, I said I mean,
2: minimum 10. And so, you know, being sort of the, in the finance thing, I think oh, i think I better suss this out a bit. So I was asking a few <laughs> people great. in the church. So says tithe. So what's that mean? 10%? Well, 10% of what? 10% of gross or net or do I tithe on that or tithe on that? And I'll sort of, you could ask 10 different Christians the same question, get 10 different answers. And in some respects, I think some of them are looking for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, so I thought, you, yeah. you know what, I'm going to go the other way. I'm just gonna make it ten percent of gross. And if that means I'm giving God more than um than ten percent, well so be it, and then you can't outgive God, so that's what we're gonna do. So yeah, so it was the couple that prays together, stays together, and we set a commitment to tithing. And so I can remember the first check I wrote out, checks a bit of paper, i could pledge to give people money. <laughs> and uh so we pledged to to give it was three hundred dollars, which back then for us was was huge. And I thought, oh man, and I sort of I had I think I've used this expression for I said have like a kung fu grip on this thing. And I thought, will I again will I wine dry shall I or shots? I kept putting it in my pocket, taking it out. I thought, ah, oh, there you go, God. I've done it now. You're happy? Internally I'm I'm cheerfully I'm giving. saying this, yeah, cheerfully giving. And then yeah, and then you you piped up and I'd already given this, piped up saying if it's not significant to you, it's not significant to God. So I thought, ah. Oh. Very wow. funny. Wow. So then I upped the ante and, and made it five hundred. And so thinking, thinking about it, I <laughs> should have, say that again. <laughs> thinking about, it, I should have given five hundred in the first place because it clearly wasn't significant enough. And so oh, wow. I should have stepped forward. He so,
0: has stood by that. Yeah,
2: it's always just...
0: twenty-one years. Mm, if it's wow. not hurting me, it's not worth giving. Wow, isn't that brilliant?
1: But don't you think, Pete? Again, I, and this is not a session about money or oh, getting people wow. to give, but At the same time, I just look at it, my life has been so blessed out of the revelation of generosity. If you would ask me, I'd say it's been one of the greatest joys of my life was being free of having money on me and the worry of money and saying, my wife and I are the same. Never missed. Always just say, we're putting God first no matter what. And that... I, but I know many people wrestle with that because their mind goes, "Yeah, but if I, I give it, I don't have it," and God goes, "Yeah, but I'll have it,
2: mm. yeah. and I'll look yeah. after you." you yeah, because it's fair to say, before I became a Christian, because we grew up in you know pretty limited financial circumstances, and you know mum and dad used to count their pennies, etc. So yeah, you could say I was careful, and mm. so and certainly I wouldn't say I was generous. So you know, literally overnight, sort of God transformed that. And I think sure it did. The, act of, um, the act of giving is probably the greatest act of faith you can actually make, particularly wow. mm. if you um, are feeling pretty um, stretched financially and you think, oh God, but don't you know I've only got you know, this much in the bank? Well, of course he knows. But you know, that little old lady in the, in the temple giving her, was it two mites? Two giving mice, her yeah. two mites. And he said, so you look at her, don't look at all those Mick Jaggers up there prowling around saying, you know, look at me, look at me. You say you look at her. You have such it's, it's a way with words. He significant. Does. He does. Significant to her, James. so it's significant to me. So don't get don't give unless it's uh, significant to you and be be consistent with your giving. So
1: how much is the thing of you saying
2: we pray together? How much has that played
1: into the whole part? Because you've been married twenty-one years or twenty and a bit. And I'm sure there were times when you had health concerns or family worries. How important is it for you both to be able to start the day, I'm assuming it's the start of the day, and saying, God, we're bringing this to you and you become the centre point of our day. How much has that, do you think, helped your married life?
0: Heaps. Really? We connect together and we connect with God. Yeah, well. We read a devotional and it's always very calming, isn't it? Mm. We hold hands like we do whenever we pray at Metro. Mm especially when we're praying for people or,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And so um, we really put our total trust in God mm. together. We're bonded. It's yeah, a beautiful well. way to start the day. Wow. And in the day, we will ring each other if need be. In fact, something was troubling me this morning and I nearly rang Pete mm. to say, can you just agree with me in prayer now? Yadda, yada yada. So, and it's quick because he's so busy now. I'm not busy anymore. But, um, yeah, very important first thing in the morning, but also in our lives.
1: Can, can I ask you, Pete, and I do have to bring this to him and I'll get you to pray in a minute, but I know a lot of guys, Aussie guys, who go like, who tend to think a bit like they feel awkward in the space of praying with even their spouse. I meet heaps of people like that. Do you have any tips for them about how do you get over that awkwardness or whatever?
2: I don't know, I've, never, I've never really had an awkwardness or never felt an awkwardness about it because, um, you know, we just pray, pray, place our faith and trust and hope in God and we have from day one right. and we have always prayed together. And as Lynette say, you know, we have the daily devotional. We hold hands. We pray for each other. We pray for a whole host of different things. And even during the offering at church when you're praying, you know, we hold hands and we're praying because um, we're in, yeah, in agreement because we're investing in fertile soil. And again, you know, by being in agreement with God, you know, um, it takes, you know, three three strands is strong, but two is easily unraveled. So and uh, you two or more agree in prayer. That's us. We're agreeing in prayer. Then it puts 10,000 to flight. So, um, yeah, we put an awful lot to flight.
1: Speak, yeah, well done. Speaking of prayer, um, I do want you to pray, Lynette, if you wouldn't, you can hold hands with Pete for this. Uh, But I, I do meet so many people. I think every one of us will have some parts of our life where there was hurt, where there was a tough time or a bad season or we didn't get the start we wanted or whatever we had to walk through. And many of us just want to shut the door and lock that away and just go, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. And yet, one of the inspiring things out of your story is hearing all that you've allowed god to actually take that and turn it into a harvest for other people all the mothering and the caring that you did back there as a child you've now been able to do that for so many other people because i think that's one of the things that people love about you is that you genuinely care about other people so Maybe if you wouldn't mind just praying, then I'll come back and we'll chat about how to say yes to Jesus like Pete did, even in a strange church where people do. We might even hold our hands out. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) Would you mind praying, Lynette? That would be great. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Father. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you that we can talk to you like a friend. Yes, you are our king, but you also are our daddy, our father, and we are so privileged to have you because you're caring for us in every way all of the time even when we feel rejected and alone feel that we've been too bad no one cares about us we've been wrong or we've been wrong wrongfully blamed for something why is it like that it's not fair father i ask you to bless everybody that is feeling like that father i've been there we've all been there And we ask you just to touch everybody Lord as we three sit here now touch everybody like you touched us Let them feel your love and your lovely arms around them Your beautiful big gentle hands touching them on the top of the head saying it's okay. I Know what you've done, and I forgive you. It's okay. Let's start again with a clean slate I thank you father Bless each and every one person, every one Father. I know you will, because you did me, and you did Jeff, and you did Pete, and hundreds and thousands of other people. It's just so easy to say yes to you, and I thank you that you're willing and able to help everybody that wants you, like you helped us. And you continue to help us, and our lives have changed, and we're peaceful and content, and even things that go wrong now, Really, they don't seem as bad as they used to, because we know we can rely on you. Mm. Thank you, Father. We
1: love you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. You know, one of the greatest blessings that will ever happen in your life is to come into a relationship with Jesus. Uh, Being a Christian doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't make all of your life perfect. But it certainly does give you someone, like Lynette was saying, who you walk with. And it's great to have somebody that you love, that you can walk with. Great to have somebody who's your spouse, your friend, whatever. Uh, great to have a family of God. But I think nobody will ever understand you like Jesus does. And no one will ever care for you and love you as unconditionally as Jesus does. Right now on the screen for you is a number and a, 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 an address that you can say yes to Christ and use that. Peter talked about how in those days people walked forward. Well, now we've got so many of you online and now we have this thing called Yes Text. And if you would like to say yes to Christ, if you'd like to ask Jesus into your life to forgive you and to give you a fresh start, you can say your yes by just texting Y-E-S to this number on the screen, 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get our help via email, then you just go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. The very next day after you do that, and people do this all the time, the next day after you do that, we will send you a Bible verse, a different one every day. It's just like you had devotions with Pete, same thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll send you that and a prayer for you to pray, different one every day for 30 days. There's more you can opt into after that if you'd like. Uh, but it'd be a great joy to help you uh, get established with Christ just like Pete did. I mean, I don't know, you couldn't have imagined,
2: could you, the
1: life you have now if you go back 22 or three years and go this is what it's going to be like.
2: Well, I remember when Lynette first took me to Melbourne to meet her family and we weren't even going out then but on the way back we decided actually we do like each other and maybe we, we, that was probably the first step to us going out and on a little bit of paper I think Annette still got it, it's just a little bit of pad paper that was in a, a motel I stayed at and um, we wrote down about five different goals and I think we we thought wow, these are so far out there. And I think within the first two or three years or something, we'd smash them out of the park. Uh, wow. And yet we thought they were so so outrageously ridiculous. Yeah, amazing. That, yeah. And yet, God just sent a piece of cake.
1: God's good, isn't he? And we pray that that'll be your experience with Christ. Uh, you can ask questions there, by the way, on that Yes text as well or through the email address that I've just given you. And uh, we'd be just so thrilled to do that. Thank you too, by the way, to all of you. I know we've talked a little bit about generosity. I think probably because in our church we never want to hide from it. We never want to be embarrassed about it. We're thrilled because we believe that to live a generous life is actually not something ever to to make a light of, as Pete said before. uh, If it's not significant to you, it probably won't be significant to God. And so I want to thank you, every one of you that are continually being faithful in your giving and your generosity to the things of God. You're making a difference And I know that God will bless you. So thank you for that. There's all those ways to give, and whichever one you choose to use, I pray that you'll do it consistently and let God's blessing be poured out on your life. Speaking about finance, though, Pete, I'm pretty excited because we're doing our next two grow sessions, which are on the fourth Sunday night of every month and they're online only. And we're doing the next two on finance because right now in Australia, there's a whole lot of things that people are concerned about when it comes to finance the future interest rates there's a whole lot of stuff and uh, you're going to be speaking to us to help us navigate the next couple of years with that one of the things i wanted to do was to say if you've got a a question generally about finance obviously it's not the forum for us giving specific advice to people about their financial situation but maybe you've got a general question we'd love to hear from you, just email us at info, I-N-F-O, at metrochurch.org.au, and we'll try and include that maybe in one of those two growth sessions. So uh, let us know about that. That would be absolutely brilliant. Hey, thank you both so much for today. And I know for you this is your normal life, but I know lots of people that are a part of this are going, wow. Okay. So thank you so much for that. And... Uh, Appreciate it all. Hope we see you somewhere soon. Don't forget, you're always welcome at Metro Church in any service. God bless.